0: You're listening to Aged Care Insight Radio.
1: Joining me today to discuss the Royal Commission fallout is Professor and Head of the Health, Law and Aging Research Unit, of the Department of Forensic Medicine at Monash University, Joe Ibrahim. How are you, Joe?
0: I'm good, thanks, Connor.
1: So l- let's talk about some initial thoughts from, you know, we're, we're now probably nearly a month out from the Royal Commission uh, and the government releasing the final report to the public. Um, first up, first recommendation is that there be a new Age Care Act, something that I think many people have talked about during this period. Um, so let's start there. Is this, you know, more than a symbolic thing? Is it just to make sure that the words reflect what we want, you know, responsibility of care on providers and government stated explicit, explicitly, or, you know, in what ways would this help?
0: Well, I think it's important to understand that a new act is a new set of rules. And Although um, people find legislation and formulation of law quite boring and don't feel that it contributes to their day-to-day life, it's a profound shift to set a new rulebook. The question um, we always have to consider is, will the rulebook change enough and will it focus on the things that need to be addressed? The 1997 Act is now at least... Yeah, it's 23, 24 years old, and was formulated presumably in the early 90s. So, yeah, in reality, the the existing act reflects the the mores and the the culture and knowledge of the world as it was in 1990. So it, it is really out of date. The current act doesn't really address the issue of evidence-based practice. It didn't include any of the the notions that we now understand about systems of care, how you organise care, uh, quality and safety, and the science behind um, teamwork, organisational culture, the nature of dementia and knowledge around that has advanced substantially. The issues of elder abuse, Really came to the fore in the um, mid 2000s. So, again, all of these things have been, um, have occurred since the original Act was written. The other thing is, now that the Act, well, we know what that 1997 Act has brought to us, and it brought to us a Royal Commission that said that we've got a, uh, an awful system of aged care in place. And so it's critical that be revised and to start from a blank slate, essentially. And one of the key things with the Royal Commission is to have the focus of the Act on the resident and recognising that the resident has rights. The 1997 Act was far more a corporate-style act that was focusing on a relationship in a sense between the funder or the government and the provider and the owners. And the resident was really um, a, a byproduct um, and really didn't get the, the attention nor the direct um, confirmation that they have rights and those rights should be respected. And if you don't respect the, the resident's rights, there will be consequences. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, if if the uh, aged care is going to change, the starting place is obviously with a new set of rules that we agree on that protect the rights of older people, and yeah, that's clearly articulated in the recommendation. Um, you know, so if you look at item three b, is to protect and advance the rights of older people. To be free from mistreatment and neglect to be and harm from poor quality or unsafe care, and to continue to enjoy the rights yeah, accessible to members of society in general, I think that that really um, nails the issue about the discrimination that's occurred against people in residential aged care um, over the last 20 years. Um, so I think that's a, a really positive. Uh, an important initiative that we should support, we need to be very vigilant when... uh, Well, I I guess the first question, if the government's committed to rewriting the Act, that when you're writing a rule book, you want to have a close eye on what's being written, what's being included, what's being left out, and not to be fooled or bluffed um, by the government or parliament saying we have a new act. We want a new act, but we want a specific type of act and we want specific conditions and terms written into it. We don't just want them to revamp and keep the ideas that are antiquated and haven't worked um in a
1: you know, going then back to kind of things that might be antiquated or, or following on from that, um a, a major part of the, the report itself was the the two systems of governance that have been put forward. The commissioners, Pagoni and Briggs, had very different ideas going forward. Commissioner Pagoni recommends an independent commission model that involves greater independence from the government and separate institutions. And he has a a number of thoughts on what these institutions should do and where they should be. Um, I think satellites throughout the country whereas Commissioner Briggs recommends a government leadership model, which is basically keeping the similar institutions but reforming them in in certain ways. Now, uh, what are your initial thoughts on these two options?
0: I guess the first thing I'd say is it's incredibly disappointing that the commissioners provided two differing opinions. Um, I think that doesn't provide guidance that's needed um, and it allows the government to come with a third to, to either dismiss both, come in with a third option. Um, and I, I think one of the things for your listeners to contemplate is that the, the lived experience and the, the nature of who the commissioners are, I think, goes some way to explaining why they have um, opted for what look like two diametrically opposed um, approaches. Commissioner Pagoni, a federal court judge, a lawyer focused on an expert in taxation, Commissioner Briggs, a health bureaucrat. Um, And so what you see is that the legal mindset about having an independent group that has a specific um, rule book and direct duties where there can be no ambiguity or confusion. Um, is in a sense the the legal approach. The the health approach is um, in a sense um, more flexible, uh, but sometimes with that flexibility, what you lose is um, accountability, and you get um, a crossover or leakage or seepage in terms of where the bounds boundaries are or are not. The other thing is that. You know, I take it that Commissioner Pagoni has lost faith in the health department and the government to manage aged care, given the history of, you know, the multiple inquiries over the last two decades and the failure to to advance or improve aged care. Um, And I I certainly um, fall within that uh, mode of thinking that the system that we had has failed us. Commissioner Briggs is saying that the health department deserves a second chance. I'm not really um, in favour of a second chance, given they've probably had 18 chances now, if you count the number of inquiries, without significant um, changes to aged care. And I'm not sure what would convince... What changes could occur within the health department that would guarantee the sort of changes that are needed. But th- th- there's, there's two... Um, now, uh, so each has chosen an approach and, and each approach has limitations. If we give the health department a second chance, the thing we must remember is that health spending is about... Um, I'm thinking is tenfold greater than for aged care. So, the, the budget in the health department and what we spend in health in Australia is in the hundreds of billions. And what we spend on aged care is yeah, in the 10 to 20 billion range. So, if you're going to be in well, that department, then aged care is always going to be the little brother or the orphan when there are issues to do with how funding is. Um, Allocated how decisions are made and that for every, let's say, and this is really simplistic, for every one aged care bureaucrat, you're likely to have nine healthcare bureaucrats. And so if you think about the psychology of that and how that would um, pan out in a workplace, um, getting anything done in aged care is always going to be a struggle in that huge structure. Now, So that's one side of it. Commissioner Pagoni's idea of moving to uh, an independent group sounds great until you think about the practicalities of how you're going to make that happen. So where are you going to get the people to staff that? And are you going to draw the people from the existing um, bureaucracy within Canberra and within the existing health and aged care groups? And so uh, is Commissioner Pagoni's idea on paper, I think, looks great. But when you translate it and are you simply going to move the current workforce in the department across to this new organisation and do they bring with them innovation and accountability or do they bring with them the same cultural issues that have been pre-existing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that was what was going to be can't... my next question. Is uh, Commissioner Briggs just being a pragmatist? She knows the system. She knows how bureaucracy works and how slow. Is her suggestion just a way that might actually expedite the process of reform? Because if we have to set up a whole new, you know, satellite buildings and follow Pagoni's model, that might take generations. Whereas, um, you know, Briggs's suggestion might be I, I, a little bit quicker. I, I,
0: I... I guess any time we become pragmatic means that we're compromising. Mm-hmm. And so the question here is, um, should we compromise? And what do we gain by compromising? And I don't think there are sufficient gains to simply say we should compromise because Commissioner Briggs's model doesn't provide a level of reassurance that the health department's going to profoundly reform or deliver. And we do know that when 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 we want something in our own lives and when government wants to do something, that stuff can happen pretty damn quick. People are slow uh, to change and slow to do things when they don't really want something to happen. Mm-hmm. So you know in no time at all, the government found two hundred billion dollars for job seeker, job keeper, um, and that was rolled out quick smart. Um, we can build you know you can build huge complexes, you can set up new departments. you can do all of this stuff really quickly. and so if you think back, Um, And the audience is probably a lot younger than me, but following 9-11 and then the issues about homeland security and intelligence operations and defence, all of those things are huge amounts of money and new groups and ways of operating sprung out of nowhere. So if we want something bad enough and if we think it's important enough, we can actually do it and do it quickly. So Commissioner Pagoni's model is eminently doable. There are some other issues around um, when you start to turn the theory into practice, do you hold on to um, the the core or the heart of what it is that he has in mind? I would have preferred... um, that both the commissioners agreed, and, and yeah, it's implied in the in the commission's report that and, and stated you know, at times there have been significant government level failures and department failures. What the report doesn't address, and this is where I think is the gap, it doesn't address the cultural workplace failings that lead to the lack of accountability and lack of performance in aged care. And if the commissioners had said that um, aged care can stay within the Commonwealth, but these are the fundamental problems within the Commonwealth's operations, and these need to be redressed, then I think you might have had a workable solution. What we have really here is the... um, all-or-nothing response where Commissioner Pagoni has completely lost faith and gone for independence and Commissioner Briggs has been forgiving and hoping things will be better, but neither truly addressed the was that the way the bureaucracy operates does not give us confidence in delivering what's needed for residents. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that would have um, prompted different type of action or mechanisms and that the notion which I think they've both agreed on is having an inspector general it is in a sense having a, a strengthened um, auditing office. So Australia's got the Australian National Auditing Office that they could have been given a much, much bigger role to oversight aged care as an independent group to make sure that um, both commissioners' models actually deliver on what's meant to be delivered.
1: So, you know, like I said, we're about a month out now, and I think in that month since, the uh, Prime Minister and his government have had their hands full with a lot of... um, sex scandals and gender politics that has kind of eaten up into the, you know, the media prosecuting the, the report and, you know, putting it to Scott Morrison. Um, but they said that we'll have some more answers by the May budget. Do you expect that we're really going to get a choice of governance made by then and some and some real idea of where it's going to go?
0: Um, I think the issues that the government face now are symptomatic of... Um, Government, not not unique to this current uh, parliament, but what we see with the uh, um, is <clears throat> a culture that does not respect people. We see a culture that is not accountable to the taxpayer, and we see a culture where um, people try to gloss over and. Um, Uh, cover-up's the wrong word. The the, the People gloss over and hope that we have a short attention span and move on. And the the things that we're seeing with the gender issues are the fundamental problems with um, current governance. There's a lack of accountability, there is absolutely no transparency, and there's no respect for others. And they're the fundamental things that have led to aged care um, becoming um, uh, I guess as dysfunctional as it has um, and so will I don't believe so I'd, I'd be surprised if they come up with a preferred model I, I think that the government will just ease quietly and keep going with the health department I don't see them um Wishing to uh, fund a separate organisation, and the you know, and you come back to this nature of how will that work? They also have the other issue to still sort out with the future funding of aged care, and so there's division around there. I'm expecting that the the things that are really immediately there's there's a number of things that are immediately doable. In terms of the core issues raised by the Royal Commission, the government can certainly get underway immediately um, a review and rewriting the Act, as well as a number of other initiatives to do with staff training, um, staff salaries, education, um, review of quality standards. There's a number of things that could start without having to determine how who's oversighting it. Um, if we wait till the government decides who's going to be leading this, um, then I think that will slow it down and, and there'll there'll be an enormous debate because clearly the rock the Commissioners didn't resolve it and that was their job yeah that they were paid and commissioned to come up with ideas, and they spent months they had a team of i don't know in excess of fifty staff they had God knows how many um, submissions and experts to draw upon, and they come down on a split decision.
1: Well, I guess we'll all wait until the May budget to to get some more answers. Professor Joe Ibrahim, thank you very much for joining us.
0: Thank you, Connor.